Hello and welcome back to the She's Plant Based podcast. If you are new here, my name is Autumn. I'm a holistic health coach and the creator of She's Plant Based. I'm passionate about all things health and wellness. I usually upload a new episode every Tuesday, but today's Thursday. It's been a crazy week. I just launched my She's Plant Based tote bags, which are so cute, I am obsessed with. And I really just wanted to create a product that was multi-purpose. You can bring it to the beach, you can bring it to the farmer's market, you can bring it to the grocery store. I even use it for work. It's just great to pack in my books, my notebooks, my planners, my laptop, all my cords. It holds everything. So I will go ahead and link my bag in the show notes down below. It's really adorable and I'm obsessed with it and so excited that I finally have been able to launch it. I've been working on it for like the past five, six months now. Let's get into today's topic. I'm going to be listing out five things you can do right now to improve your health. I haven't really talked too much about diet and nutrition yet, so I'm really excited for today's episode. I think that there's so much health information out there, which can be very overwhelming. However, it does not need to be stressful, and I'm here to really just simplify things for you. I think back to my younger self when I was first trying to eat healthy and I was trying to follow literally diets and information that I just consumed to a T and I just really became disconnected with myself. I just became disconnected to my body and I just didn't really feel like myself by trying to follow all these orders. And so I just kind of want to list off some really just simple, straightforward things that you can implement right now, and it doesn't have to be this daunting, scary thing. So tip number one, I think it's really important to look at inflammatory foods. So reduce inflammatory foods. Inflammation is part of the body's natural defense system and can be a good thing in balance. However, when your immune system shifts out of balance, This is when things can go downhill and cause things like chronic inflammation, which is linked to disease, weight gain, and more. Our diet is directly linked to inflammation. So if we are consuming a inflammatory diet, it's going to cause inflammation within the body. Stress, hormone and neurotransmitter imbalances, overloads your detoxification system, depletes energy, damages your microbiome, and changes your gene expressions to turn on disease-causing genes. So I just want to list out a few examples of foods that cause inflammation. So first thing is red meat and processed meats. Processed meats include things like bacon, hot dogs, lunch meats. Processed meats have been salted, cured, fermented, or smoked for flavor or preservation purposes. Research shows both processed and red meats are high in saturated fat, which causes inflammation. Refined grains, so this includes white bread, white rice, pasta, and breakfast cereals. These foods are highly processed and loaded with chemicals, sugars, and a bunch of other unhealthy, toxic, inflammatory ingredients. Sugary foods, including chips, cookies, crackers, and pastries. These things are highly processed and again, loaded with chemicals, sugar, and a bunch of unnecessary ingredients. Sodas and other sweetened drinks, fried foods, junk food, trans fat, sugary foods. These foods are just not the best for your overall health. So I think it's really important to be mindful of how much of these foods you are consuming. 
There's a ton of research on how too much inflammation in the body can make you sick. So I recommend doing your own research, not just going off of what I'm telling you. And I share this not to instill fear, but to just have you be more aware of your food choices. I grew up on a standard American diet, so I've been there. However, you have to look at who is making these products and why. They're making these products to be addictive. That's why they're adding in so many chemicals and sugar because we're gonna buy that product more. We're gonna build their business. We're gonna make them more rich. They also want us sick, unfortunately. Big Pharma literally controls everything. Without sick people, they wouldn't have any money. So it's important to rise above it and stop supporting these brands and businesses who do not care about your health. Like I think a really great example is the dairy industry. Since things like almond milks and alternative milks have been booming and rising and more people are buying those, the dairy industry is actually losing money. And the thing is, now the dairy industry is starting to make alternative milks. They don't care about which product that they're making. They're just trying to figure out what it is that the consumer wants and how much money they can be making. They want to become rich. And just to give an example on you know how different our food system is here, I saw this TikTok like a couple weeks ago and I just thought it was so interesting. I'm aware of this, you know, the food in the United States versus the food in Europe and the quality is just completely different because both countries have different rules and restrictions when it comes to food additives, chemicals, all of that. Um, Europe is definitely more strict and they have better quality. But this girl lived in Europe, I want to say, actually I'm not even going to say where she lived because I don't even know where she lived in Europe, but she moved to New York for modeling and she had this favorite cereal. She always ate it when she was a kid. It was like her comfort cereal. And she, when she was living in New York, she still lives in the U.S. and still lives in New York. But she got the same cereal. And, you know, a few hours later, she got so sick and was throwing up and just like felt ill. So she had her mom take a picture of the cereal box that she typically buys. And she compared it to the one in the U.S. The one in the U.S. had like double the ingredients list which i will be going into later why it's so important to read labels and read the ingredients but there were so many ingredients on there that she did not recognize and then also the sugar in there was like triple the um, amount so this is just one example like this is just to show you how messed up our healthcare system is here how messed up our food system is here so much needs to change and I'm aware that it is a privilege to have access to healthy foods. There's things like food deserts and living in low-income areas. You don't have access to a lot of fresh foods. There's typically a lot of fast foods and not a ton of grocery stores nearby. And the food that's even sold at these grocery stores are not quality foods. So I know that everyone does not have access to these things. It's a bigger issue. It's not an individual issue, but I'm just sharing this information to really just try and spread more awareness and education. I actually studied communities in psychology and an area that we touched on are low-income areas and the health issues that they face and how they don't have access to fresh foods, how they don't even have access to a park that they can walk to. Their environment, you know, is usually unsafe. So a lot of like these kids and these people don't even feel safe going outside. They don't want to. So 
I know it's a much larger issue and so much needs to change in our system. Tip number two is focus on crowding out. Focus on adding things in versus taking things out. Especially when it comes to something like diet, it can feel really scary and daunting. I know what it, it was for me. I was very stubborn in the beginning and thought I had to cut out a bunch of different foods and it left me feeling just overwhelmed and I didn't know where to start. And so I kind of just fell back into old patterns when it came to eating. So focus on adding things in. It creates an abundance mindset versus a lack mindset. So adding more vegetables in, adding in more fruits, healthy fats, um, whole grains, healthy oils, adding in Meatless Monday. When we think about everything that we have to take out, we're not gonna be successful, at least maybe short term, but long term, it's not going to benefit us. So keep things the, th keep things the same, just add things in, add things in slowly. So let's say someone you're, let's say you're someone who skips breakfast, you typically just have a coffee and then you wait until lunch to eat something. Add in a healthy breakfast, have some coconut yogurt with some fresh fruit and granola, or add in a green smoothie. Another great tip is if you want to add in more vegetables, have your typical dinner, but before you eat that dinner, have a really big salad loaded with a bunch of fresh veggies. This is something that I personally like to do. But by doing this and adding more you know, healthy things into your diet, you begin to crowd the other things out. You'll snack less, you will eat less of the junk food that you're consuming, the fast food that you're consuming, whatever that it is, you'll naturally begin to eat less of that thing and your body will begin to adjust to this new way of eating, eating more whole fresh foods. Tip number three is to listen to your body. I have a whole episode on intuitive eating if you wanna learn more, but it's so important to listen to your body. Our bodies are very intelligent. They're going to tell us what it wants and we've just become so disconnected. Like when I personally was really hyper-focused on the things that I was eating, the calories that I was consuming, I was never checking in with myself. Like, how does this food actually make me feel? Do I actually enjoy eating this food? Or am I doing this because I feel like I should because this expert's telling me that this is best for my body, but then I hear information from a different expert saying that this is best for your body. You have to check it back in with yourself and you just do this by practicing mindfulness, practicing mindfulness while you're eating and just seeing how you feel, seeing how you feel after a meal and begin to ask yourself, do you feel energized or do you feel lethargic after the meal that you just ate? Do you feel bloated or not? Is your skin breaking out? Do you feel nauseous? Did you overeat or did you undereat? Are you someone who suppresses their appetite with caffeine, nicotine, or alcohol? Do you actually want the donut or is it the sugar and the fat that you are craving because you're not getting it from a natural source? So it's really important to begin to just ask yourself these questions and check in with your body. It took me some time to understand my body, especially with disordered eating and listening to diet culture, food was just a number in my mind. Food was just something that was bad. I was really scared of it. And I didn't view food in a very healthy way. Once it clicked and I realized food is nourishment, like food is fun, food is exciting, food brings people together. Food allows me to feel my best. Food lets me 
do the things that I want to do. It gives me the energy to wake up every single morning and work out and work and just show up and to feel energized and to feel good from the inside out. Food is more than just something that you put in your mouth. So listen to your body. If you have a hard time, create stillness. Practice mindful mindful eating, which really just means for you to be present with your food. Be mindful. Stop eating in your car. Stop eating in front of your phone or your computer or your TV or while you're working. Begin to create space. You have that 10 minutes in your day to just sit down and to enjoy your meal. So many people mindlessly eat. And when you stop doing this, you really begin to build such a better connection with your food and your body. So it really is so important for you to just begin to create space and you'll really begin to understand your body a lot more. I like to think of this like building a muscle. It's not going to happen overnight. It's something that takes work. You have to do a lot of unlearning and relearning to really begin to understand your body on that deeper level. I know it took me you know, a couple years to really just felt like feel like, okay, I, I have this under control. I know what my body wants. And it kind of just has become more of this like automatic thing. And the beautiful thing is your body will tell you what it wants, what sounds good and so forth. We put so many rules and labels on food. I should be eating this much. I should not be eating this. Stop the shoulds and be really, really honest with yourself. Have these shoulds created an unhealthy relationship with yourself and food? When I dropped the shoulds and started living intuitively and started eating intuitively, everything shifted for me. I became less stressed, which caused less inflammation in the body, and I actually lost weight by just eating what I wanted and not stressing about it because I knew that's what my body wanted. And I stopped counting the calories, and I stopped just hyper fixating on what I was consuming and how good it is for me. I think the big questions that you have to ask yourself is, what is my body craving? You know, what sounds good? How does this food make me feel? Like, for example, does the food that I does the food that I'm eating make me feel really energized and good and alive? Or do I feel tired, lethargic, down, even depressed, anxious? Be mindful while you eat and remember to check back in with yourself. Like, am I hungry still? Am I full now? Like, should I stop now? Because a lot of times we just like, we're on autopilot and we just, especially with something like food. I know for me, I would just like zone out and just eat and I would eat a whole bag of chips. I'm like, oh my God, why did I eat all that? I wasn't even hungry. So just begin to check in with yourself and be mindful and present. Tip number four is eat hormone-healthy foods. This is directed mainly towards women. Men's hormone cycle is 24 hours, so think of the sun. It's a 24-hour cycle. Women go through a 28-day cycle, so think of the moon. We enter different phases, and during these different phases, we need different types of food. I have an entire episode on hormones. I touch a little bit on this. Um, It's my episode on my experience being on hormonal birth control and what I do now. Um, I don't really go into full detail about what foods to eat during each phase uh, in that episode, so I'll loosely go over them right now. But for example, the follicular phase 
You want to eat fresh, vibrant, light foods that make you feel energized during this phase. So things like salads, lean protein, seeds, beans, etc. Ovulation, you want to focus on raw veggies and fruit. Stick to lighter grains. Luteal, leafy greens, roasted veggies, menstrual, protein, fats, and veggies. So you can loosely follow this. I don't follow it to a T. I think the biggest thing I personally focus on is making sure that I'm eating enough protein and making sure my balance, my meals are balanced. So making sure that I'm hitting my macronutrients, which includes carbs, fat, and protein. If you do want to learn more about eating for your hormones, I suggest looking into the app MyFlow. It's a really great source of information. They list not only just foods, but exercises and a bunch of other great tips for your hormones. So I just kind of want to give an example of what I like to eat. So I'll start my morning off with a protein-filled breakfast, or at least try to most days. This really just helps stabilize blood sugar. So this could look like a chickpea scramble, a protein smoothie, protein bites, protein yogurt, etc. Um, from the protein yogurt, you can just literally have, I'll have like coconut yogurt and I'll add in some protein and mix that in. Protein-rich foods regulate metabolism and balance hormones that control appetite. So I also try to make sure I'm eating every two to three hours, small, more frequent meals throughout the day versus three large meals. This just helps stabilize your blood sugar. Um, but this, you know, depends on my hunger, how much I'm working out, where I'm at during my cycle. I am the most hungry right before my period, which is my luteal phase, and I'm eating so much, and I really just honor that. And then, you know, when I'm on my period, I don't really want to eat as much because my body is just going through a lot. So it also you, it's also important to remember, remember where you're at during each phase, and that's also affect how hungry you are, how big your appetite is, and how much you want to be eating. I incorporated fish back into my diet over a year ago. Eating fatty fish is really good for you, so a fatty salmon is amazing. Also making sure that you're getting in your omegas, which you can get from fish, but things like seeds. So um, some seeds that I like to eat are flax seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds, and pumpkin. There's also something that is called seed cycling, which I have been wanting to try, and basically you eat different seeds during different phases of your cycle, and it is known to help your hormones. Um, B vitamins are really important. You can take a supplement or get it from food. Also focusing on anti-inflammatory foods. I know we talked about inflammation earlier, but this really helps with your hormones. So things like garlic, ginger, berry, nuts, tomatoes, and turmeric, just to name, just to name a few, are really great anti-inflammatory foods. And minerals are so, so important. So magnesium and zinc-rich foods stimulate hormones. Green leafy vegetables, nuts, beans, nuts, beans, legumes, and seeds are great sources. And then tip number five is to read labels. It is so important to look at what ingredients are inside of your food. So really begin to just get in the habit of doing this. It's so easy to look at a box and just say, oh, it says it's gluten-free, or it says that it's vegan, or it says that it's heart-healthy, therefore it is healthy for me. Unfortunately, many brands make a product look healthy when it's not. 
forget the calories. I honestly never look at that. I want to see the quality of the food, the ingredients that are put in that food, and then I'll kind of determine, okay, is this good for my body or not? I cannot stress this enough. Stop looking at the calories. The quality of those calories is important. So you can easily look at something like a 100 calorie pack of cookies and a 100 calorie apple. Those calories are not created equal. A apple is loaded with a bunch of vitamins and minerals and it's obviously going to respond to your body a lot different than a 100 calorie pack of cookies. And I'm sure if you were to look at those cookies, you cannot name majority of those ingredients. And I'm sure sugar is one of those top three ingredients. If you pick something up and you literally cannot pronounce or recognize majority of those ingredients, you should not be putting it in your body. Like just imagine what that is doing to your body. So let me break this down for you. Let's go over frosted flakes. First ingredient is milk corn. Second ingredient, sugar. Third ingredient, malt flavor. And then there's vitamins and minerals, great. But the first few ingredients are so important. Sugar is literally the second ingredient. One cup of cereal has 12 grams of sugar, which is insanely high. Just going off of women and how much sugar we should be consuming, women should have 25 grams of sugar per day. So most people have, you know, one to two cups of cereal. That's 24 grams of sugar just from your breakfast. So I say this not to scare you, just to be more aware. A lot of these brands are sneaking in sugar. This is all to make the product taste better, to have you hooked on this product so you buy it more and you crave it more. I don't share this information to scare you, but to just simply be more aware, to be aware of how much you know, something like sugar you are consuming because so many companies sneak it in and they sneak it in things that you would have no idea that has sugar. You know, they sneak sugar in sauces and dressings and a bunch of just other things that is so unnecessary in my opinion. So that's why I personally like to like make a lot of my own sauces or dressings or I'm just buying from brands that I really genuinely trust and I look at the ingredients before purchasing it. And I'm just sticking to the sugar example because I think it's really easy to just stay on and touch on. But with something like sugar, like people literally have no idea how much they are consuming and then they wonder why they don't feel good. They have gut issues, their skin's breaking out, they have low energy, maybe they feel depression, anxious. It could be that you're just consuming way too much sugar and you literally have no idea because you've never looked at the ingredients, you've never actually done the math and seen how much sugar you are consuming. So that could be a huge reason why you are struggling mentally or physically. So my advice is to crowd out, begin to add fruit into your diet. So having that in the morning or having that at night or having that after a savory meal, going towards that fruit more. The fruit is loaded with fiber and vitamins and minerals and it's really great for you. And oftentimes what we're really craving is just the sugar from the fruit, not from not the sugar from, you know, the 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 cereal or the cookies or the donuts. And I'm saying not saying to never have those things. I'm a big fan of creating an 80-20 rule when it comes to your diet. So 80% whole plant-based foods and 20% is for indulging. But really going back to listening to your body, just check in with yourself. Is it the sugar that I'm craving from the donut or is it, or do I need it from a natural source like fruit? 
Some natural sweeteners that I personally really like to use are things like maple syrup, honey, coconut sugar, agave. I want to go over a, another popular um, product that people buy that you find in a ton of Americans' pantries. Um, this is Aunt Jemima's pancake syrup, and I'm just going to list off the ingredients, and I might mess up because I can't even pronounce some of these, but corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. Those are the first two ingredients, mind you. Um, water, uh, cellulose gum, caramel color, salts, uh, natural flavors, sodium sorbic acid, which is a preservative, and then sodium hexametaphosphate. What is that? What is that? What even is this list? Like, what is that? So let's look at maple syrup. 100% maple syrup. Which one sounds better? Which one are you familiar with? So beginning to just swap things in your pantry. There's a lot of really just great alternatives, not even just sweeteners, but crackers that are loaded with ingredients that you're unfamiliar with, baking goods that are loaded with ingredients that you're unfamiliar with. There's just a ton of great brands and I'll just list a few. Um, I really love Siete. They have like a lot of good like chips and salsas and dips. Um, Rayos marinara sauce has, you know, so much less sugar than a normal marinara sauce would. That's like my go-to. Simple Mills, they have so many great things. Everything from baked stuff to savory. They have great crackers, they have pizza dough. They really just have everything and they kill it and I love all their products. So that's just a few to name that I personally really love and enjoy. But to make this less overwhelming, I think it's really important to go back to the basics. Go back to a basic way of living and eating. Create dressings and sauces and desserts on your own using quality ingredients. This is something that I honestly just prefer. I know what's going in my food. But like I mentioned, there are a lot of great brands on the market now that have really great products with quality ingredients. So you can find these things if you are lazy and you don't want to make everything. These are just things that I like to personally have on hand when I find myself really lazy, wanting just something quick and easy. I just want to list off a few other ingredients that you should keep an eye out for. I know I've talked about sugar. It's just a really easy thing to talk about because they literally put so much sugar into our products without people even recognizing or knowing. Um, obviously, be mindful of how many ingredients are on the ingredients list if it's really, really long. Oftentimes, you cannot even pronounce those ingredients or recognize what they are. Um, but also things like gums, so like gargum, xanthan gum, um, and then a bunch of other additives and fillers. This is not best for your health. It's okay to have from time to time, but I definitely don't recommend having them every single day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found this useful. Again, I don't want to be spreading the wrong message and creating fear. I don't want you to feel shame, guilt, or anger. Like I said, I didn't know about any of this seven years ago, and when I learned it, it just made me so angry. I'm like, how could they be putting so many crappy things in our product? So just begin to take baby steps. If you are new to everything that I just talked about, just be aware, be more mindful, read the ingredients, find healthy swaps, crowd out, and when it comes to your diet, I think it's really simple to create an 80-20 rule. So 80% whole real foods and then 20% for indulging because I think it's really important to create balance. 
I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I will talk to you in next week's episode.